make an impact on your interactive marketing through performance, advertising, community outreach, and technology. Be captivated by the people who are leading the wave of change in the online marketplace. This is who AdTech is. AdTech Connect, your weekly radio show. Get behind the scenes with industry giants. Be privy to the insider track. Witness the newest technologies. Make sure you're in the scene each week with AdTech Connect. You're connected now with your host. Hi, everybody. It's Susan Bratton, and I'm calling in from Fort Lauderdale, Florida today. Uh, we've been doing some live interviews today from the show. It's our AdTech Impact series. Be sure to catch that getting posted next. Uh, today on the line, we have three interesting guests. First, I'll talk to Sean O'Neill, who is the CMO of Daytran Media. Then we'll learn from John Waterman, the president of Findology, exactly what's happening in search market search marketing, <laughs> the massive search market, and uh, then on to talk to Jason Palmer, who's the VP of products for a very innovative company called Web Trends. Sean, are you on the line? I'm there, Susan. Good morning. Good morning. Thank How you. How are you? Doing great. Thank you. Great. Hey, thanks so much for uh, talking to us today. I, I've, I've actually really been looking forward to this interview. I wanted to hear more about Daytran and make sure I'm pronouncing it right. Daytran, Datran, and uh, I want to hear the uh, the story of the name of your company. Why don't we start with that? Okay, great. Yeah, and it's really a question of uh, tomato or tomato, uh, or, or how do you pronounce uh, data? Is it data or it's data? So <laughs> or data. Uh, we, we, we typically we typically call it Daytran Media. Uh, and the origin of the name actually came from data and transactions. So uh, our mission when we first started the company was essentially to turn data into transactions. Uh, and so Daytran Media was born uh, with the vision of enabling companies who have uh, data, customer databases, to remarket to those customers, uh, either to upsell and cross-sell other products and services that they have to their existing customers, uh, or to work with third-party marketers as a way to uh, create an incremental revenue stream uh, through list management. So our mission, like I said, was to help companies turn data into transactions. So, you know, doing that is, is not new, right? Companies have their lists and they work the heck out of their lists. I think the unique angle for Daytran is that you're performance-based. Isn't that right? Absolutely. It's one of the unique elements. And, and, and you're absolutely right, Susan. Uh, our model is not new. Uh, we actually, in many ways, uh, are similar to some of the larger database marketing companies like Experian and Axiom uh, and Equifax in the sense that we do manage companies' lists, uh, you know, in an effort to, uh, you know, uh, fully maximize the value of those customer lists. Uh, but we do have a couple uh, real unique features. One is that we are a performance-based marketing company. So, uh, you know, the, the vision of the company was really to combine the fundamentals of direct marketing and database marketing uh, with the promise of the Internet uh, technology, which, of course, is measurement, trackability, real-time optimization. Uh, so we've actually uh, developed what we feel to be uh, the ultimate direct uh, marketing uh, vehicle, which is performance-based um, database marketing, online database marketing. And uh, we're actually uh, much more successful working with clients who have performance-based marketing objectives. And, and what I mean by that is, uh, we are typically able to yield much higher uh, return rates on performance-based marketing campaigns than we do with campaigns that are, let's say, CPM-based. And the reason is our technology uh, is based on event messaging and rules-based marketing and is able to optimize the delivery of campaigns so effectively and target so effectively that our effective CPMs, meaning the amount of revenue that we've generated for every uh, piece of email message that we sent out uh, are typically much higher than the effective CPMs that advertisers would be willing to pay if they were just buying media on a CPM basis. And because we share the revenue with the list management partners, uh, we're able to actually yield much higher returns for both ourselves as well as our list management clients. So when you do performance marketing, is it all email that you do? Is that your main focus, or do you do other things too with your databases and your list? We do actually have a uh, full suite of online uh, marketing solutions. Uh, so we also have an affiliate marketing network called NetMargin. Uh, NetMargin is one of the uh, fastest growing online affiliate networks. Uh, and our media services division also uh, works with our existing advertising clients to place their media through other channels like display advertising uh, and search engine marketing. Uh, 
Um, and, and email is just one of many tools uh, in a successful database marketing campaign. So you actually bring up a good point here. Email is just one uh, communication vehicle. Uh, we are a database marketing company, so all of our campaigns, whether they be affiliate campaigns, email campaigns, display campaigns, uh, are most effective when they're database-driven because, uh, you know, of course, you can leverage demographic information, you can leverage interest information, you can leverage behavior and context, and we're able to build out persistent consumer profiles that contain all this criteria uh, and over time, of course, become more and more intelligent uh, as that profile becomes more robust. So you have, I know, in your kind of accessible database, over 100 million consumer profiles that you can slice and dice in myriad ways. What are some of the, the – there's kind of two questions that are floating in my mind about that. One is, if I was company A and I used your database and these weren't opt-in customers for me, what's the protocol for that? I mean, isn't, how, how do you how – do you, work it so it's not like I'm spamming someone. Sure, sure. We actually do um, acquisition marketing as well as retention marketing. So Daytran Media is actually a full-service email marketing company. So we have solutions uh, that are customer management solutions, uh, you know, CRM solutions, uh, retention and loyalty building solutions, as well as acquisition solutions. So, so your question about uh, if an advertiser is looking to acquire a customer and they want to acquire that customer on one of our uh, managed databases, um, you know, uh, what's the level of permission? Uh, you know, how do you do it in a way that uh, preserves their brand integrity? Uh, great question. Um, I wish I'd asked it as eloquently. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, first, and, first and foremost, um, all of the uh, uh, customer lists in our network uh, are sourced directly with the company. Okay, so we strictly manage company customer lists. And there is a clear, clear um, uh, permission for third-party marketing if that's what we're going to be working with those clients on. Um, so everything is permissioned. Everything is opt-in. Uh, it's a very important criteria for us, obviously. Um, we do not work with compiled lists. We do not manage lists that have been you know, bought, bartered, traded, that type of thing. We work directly with the company uh, who owns that customer relationship and has the permission to remarket to that customer. All right, um, that I understand. Now, okay. let me ask you another question about the, the slicing and dicing. I love your Daytran Media Data Card. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like a, a menu of delicious people I can connect with as a marketer. What are, you, you have categories, so you can, you can cut by demographic, geographic, psychographic, technographic, interest categories, mm -hmm. all those things. What's the, like, creme de la creme group that you sell at the highest cost? What's that juiciest little segment that's really hot right now for you? Sure. Um, you know, because we're a performance-based marketing company, uh, it's less about selling a segment at a cost and more about our marketing um, uh, analysis uh, in determining what is the most appropriate offer for the most relevant consumer. So, all right, that sounds so, good. So what we do is we leverage all of this criteria. So demographics, of course, a very uh, you know uh, important factor. Uh, psychographics, interests, you know things like that, and, and technographics, um, which is kind of a new targeting criteria in this next generation of database marketing. And, and that specifically means, uh, you know, what's the user's domain? You know, are they an AOL consumer? Are they a Yahoo consumer? A Hotmail consumer? Uh, that tells us a lot about the consumer segment and their buying habits or their disposable income, for example. Um, you know, are they dial-up versus broadband? What are their web usage habits like? Uh, and then, of course, you know, behavior and context. Uh, the reality is that email marketing uh, is essentially a behavioral marketing uh, uh, tool. So it means, uh, you know, monitoring and, and, and observing uh, what offers are being responded to by what consumer segments and optimizing accordingly. You're, you are a flexible man, I can tell. Um, I know that in your pricing metrics, um, you do cost per acquisition or action, you do cost per click, you do rev shares, and then you do something very interesting called performance branding. Yes. I'd like to talk about that and this recent research that you've done mm -hmm. um, with Insight Express, their Ad Insight software, about the brand effective, branding effectiveness, driving brand awareness and purchase intent in the email category, because that's 
pretty innovative. Good for you. So t- tell us about that whole piece of it. Absolutely, and that was really born out of the need uh, or, or the desire to demonstrate that email marketing is not just an effective direct response medium, but it actually adds brand value. And, and we've suspected for a long time that uh, all of these impressions that we're delivering to our advertising partners that may not necessarily directly result in a transaction uh, you know, at that point in time that all of those impressions do have value, and that exposure actually does uh, positively impact the advertiser's brand. So we suspected this for a long time uh, and wanted to, you know, of course, uh, quantify it. So we worked very closely with Insight Express uh, to do a consumer panel uh, and uh, very neat findings. The, the top-line results actually showed that in that email campaign that was studied, uh, brand awareness was lifted by 58%. Uh, which basically means that, uh, again, uh, although those uh, impressions may not have resulted directly in a transaction, uh, that the brand awareness for that advertiser was actually significantly lifted. And it also showed that purchase intent was lifted by 66%. And that's interesting because if, in fact, that campaign didn't result in a transaction... It's just a matter of time. just a matter of time. They're going to be exposed to that advertiser's message at some point in time, whether it be online, offline, it could be a retail outlet. Uh, you know, theoretically, that email impression could drive a, a, a sale at a brick-and-mortar store or could drive a response to a banner ad or a television ad. So um, what we're trying to do, again, is kind of quantify the brand impact that email marketing has, and, and we've seen this very consistently, uh, and it's actually enabled Daytran Media to partner with some of the biggest brands uh, online, and uh, Daytran has also been selected by some very large brand advertisers as the exclusive email marketing arm, um, and that's really just an issue of trust and, and compliance and best business practices. Now, you've got to name names. Sean, come on, cough up some brand names. <laughs> we work with companies like AIG, HBO, Sony, BMG, um, you know, some pretty large brands. That's fantastic. And one of the things that I wonder about, going back to the email brand awareness study that you did, are you aware if there are comparables in the marketplace? You know, when we talk about the fact that email uh, lifts brand awareness by 58% or purchase intent by 66%. How, how does a person, a marketer, right, a marketer or an agency doing this on behalf of a marketer, how does that person make the decision around investments in email versus online and offline media versus search marketing versus blogging versus PR? Sure. Are there any comparables across the media and marketing spectrum that show where email fits in as compared to these other things. Absolutely. And um, Daytran is actually going to be publishing uh, at AdTech San Francisco um, some uh, research stats uh, around the efficacy of email marketing. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of the things that we're going to be talking about here is uh, referencing certain studies and certain publications like the eMarketer Email Marketing Report from 2005. Uh, actually shows uh, quantifiably that email, for example, has uh, one of the highest ROIs of any direct response medium and is in many ways considered uh, to be the most cost-efficient from an ROI perspective. So email beats out direct mail, newspapers, coupons, catalog, inserts, magazines, radio, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And a lot of that, of course, has to do with cost efficiency, but well-executed email marketing actually generates uh, very, very high response rates. Uh, and one of the other things that we're going to be referencing is a survey uh, that AdTech actually did to their attendees, uh, which ranked retention email as the best-performing online advertising strategy, beating out both search and banner ads. And that was actually published uh, in iMedia Connection back in, uh, in December. So if people are coming to the San Francisco AdTech and they want to find out more about all of this data, um, where do they go to get it? Uh, well, Daytrans exhibiting. We're at booth five nine four nine. There you go. I don't, probably everybody's writing that down right now. <laughs> They'll find you. <laughs> booth, booth booth five nine four nine. Uh, <laughs> You're the marketing guy. I can tell. And and we are also a silver sponsor of AdTech San Francisco this year. And of course, you can get more information about Daytran at www.daytranmedia.com. 
Well, that's good. You got your plugs in, and that's that's perfectly fine. Um, that's what a good CMO should do. Um, and and uh, it sounds like you're really doing some great research for the industry, something that every marketer and ev- anyone in the interactive space needs to know. And so after the show, are you also going to post that to your website? Yes, we are going to post a lot of this information to our website. And we also do have uh, a fairly uh, a deep um, uh, array of content on the site currently, including some press releases, uh, bylines and some other articles that we've published. Uh, and you can also sign up for Daytran's marketing newsletter called the Outperformance Marketing Review. All right, you good. Can also, you can sign up for that. That's a biweekly newsletter uh, on our website. That's great. Well, I- I've learned a lot from this. I know our listeners have. And uh, once again, I just want to thank you for doing some research, some thought leadership research. That cer- certainly it helps your company, but it helps the industry. And ultimately, it helps marketers make good fact-based decisions around what to do next, because there sure is a panoply of opportunity. Absolutely. So uh, thank you for taking the high ground on that and, and for sharing your information with us. We'll have you back sometime, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at the AdTech San Francisco. Thank, thank you, Susan. I appreciate it. Great. That was, that was Sean O'Neill, the CMO of Daytran Media. Up next, we'll talk to John Waterman. He's the president of Findology, and we'll talk about search. <laughs> Sit tight and don't move. Ad Tech Connect. We'll be right back. Ecom Expo, the virtual trade show for search, affiliates, and interactive marketers, is now completely free for all attendees. Imagine all the benefits of a top trade show coming to a PC near you. April 4th through the 6th, more than 7,000 of your peers will be there, making it the largest trade show for e-commerce marketers in the world. The entire event is 100% online, virtual, and free. So register today at www.ecomxpo.com ClickTracks, all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zephoria.com, writes, ClickTracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what ClickTracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. I only find you attractive to me. Good. How about you, dear? <laughs> and every once in a while, do I get hit on? Sure. And is it nice for me to every get, like... Every once in a while. You get hit on all the time. <laughs> oh, whatever. I love you. But, and is it nice to get a little attention? Sure. But do I want someone else? Do I get turned on by someone else? Absolutely not. And I think that's the coolest thing for me, is nobody else turns my head but Darren. It's like, I've been out there. I've sewed my wild oats. Yeah, she was a slut before she met me. <laughs> and now I just got someone who wants to be a housewife. How did I luck out with that? What's that all about? No, but I mean, it was like... <laughs> Here's a say brandy, you're a fine girl, what a good wife you would be, but my love, my lover, my lady, is the sea. It is nice to be celibate as long as you can do it with everybody. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Rainmaker. Only on Webmaster Radio. FM. Now, back to AdTech Connect. Only on Webmaster Radio. FM. Here's your host. Welcome back. It's Susan Bratton. I am your host today. And next up, we have John Waterman, who's the president of Findology. And, uh, John, good morning. Good morning, Susan. How are you doing? Good. You're out there in beautiful California today? It is beautiful today. Yesterday was pretty bad, but, uh, you know, I'm not complaining. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to have you on, John, because I have a lot of questions about your business. Findology is a division of Traffic Ads Media. So just give us the lay of the land of what that is first. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there, there's a little bit of a background to Findology. Um, essentially, Findology has been in the search space for about five years now. Um, Finology, a search evolution, is kind of the branding in which we've gone with. 
Traffic Ads Media is the company that's owned Finology for quite a while and pretty much is the main property in which uh, Traffic Ads owns. However, we've just recently been transitioned over to Findology Interactive Media, and Findology Interactive Media now kind of speaks a little bit more to exactly what Findology now does or will do as we launch a lot more products and services um, that are all going to be ready for the Ad Tech Show in uh, the end of April. Oh, good for you. All right. Now, I'm going to express my ignorance, and I want you to correct me. But here's <laughs> what I understand. This is how I understand Findology works. I, th- I think sometimes if I say it the really, like, down and dirty, Gerberized, you know, idiot way, that probably helps some of the listeners who are maybe just slightly more savvy than I am. So what I understand is that Findology's service is to work with a network of websites. And if, you're, if you have a site and you want to provide search on your site and you want to provide search results based on what a user does on your site, you create, you have the technology that I can embed in my site and then you sell the traffic that I generate and you monetize that, and you give me a rev share. You, you hit the nail on the head, exactly. What Findology does. Um, we have a network of about 200, 250 uh, distribution partners, pu- publishers, who have content websites, domain name traffic, uh, toolbar downloads, whatever kind of traffic they have, content sites, like I said, we help them to monetize in all their search traffic they're getting within that site, their domain traffic, or whatnot. All right, and then, so again, we go out to those advertisers and sell direct to advertisers to bring them in to fit that particular content site and the search within the keywords. So your position in the marketplace is really for companies that are already working with Google, already working with Yahoo, and they want to get – search works for them, and they want to get down – deeper into the Internet across more sites. And um, they also potentially, because you're very uh, price performance oriented, you might be less money for me for an acquired customer than I'm paying on Google. So I can do some dollar cost averaging on my acquisition costs. Is that that well said too? Or what that, do you need to do to fix very, that? One? Very well said. I mean, you know, if you're an advertiser or an agency that's, that's running their campaigns on, on a Google and Overture, or Google and Yahoo now, you're going you're gonna to eventually reach that platform where you can't really get any more traffic from them. They, you've, you've gone through the traffic they have to offer within your keywords, within your category. There, there's other engines out there that can enhance that, those campaigns that you're already getting and that you're performing well with. Um, so, again, if you're, if you're working with these companies, there are other alternatives to going out there and getting more traffic to enhance those campaigns. You know, and you were talking on the last, um, before the break, about branding, and, and that's really true, too, in the, in the search space specifically, that you can actually, you know, increase your brand just by showing up in those search results, um, by, seeing that those, by seeing your listing displayed on some of our content sites and some of our search properties, you'll be able to increase your brand awareness without even paying, because on, on the, remember, on the search space, it's a pay-per-click metric. So when I was do, and I understand that, I, I think it's still a tough sell, you know, God bless you, but um, I, I was doing research for our interview today, and I was unbelievably shocked at how many alternative search engine opportunities there are for marketers. I went to a site called payperclickreviewer.com. Yeah. Now, your opinion, is that a legit site or is that somebody's marketing bullshit? <laughs> no, there's there's legitimacy there. There's a lot of good sites out there that uh, are, are good guides for for the search space. Is there any other one that you'd recommend? Um, pay-per-click analyst, uh, pay-per-click oh, guru. Oh, of course, pay-per-click analyst. That's Troy. He's very very well regarded, right? Absolutely. Yeah, Troy Perkins. Okay, pay-per-click analyst is a great place to go. Why, why didn't I think of that? Um, <laughs> but I went to, when I went to this um, pay-per-clicksearchengines.com. I looked at this section on Alexa results, and they listed the traffic rank based on three months of aggregated historical traffic data from the Alexa users. And um, I, I printed out, let's see, how many pages is this? One, two, two and a half pages of names of companies who are in your business. And I'm just going to read a couple of them off just so the listeners can get a feel for it. Uh, one Cool Search, 411 Seek. Arizona Life, Atomic Bot, Brainy Search, Brain Fox, Data Mine, 
ePilot, FindGift, of course, Findology, Gazebo, Ginkga, GoClick, Canoodle, which we've heard of, Link Passport, Real Look, Search One Two Three, Search Lead, Search Queen, Search Spot, Search King. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's a lot of people in your business. Are all these people Findology type companies? Um, you know, I, I can't. Uh, to be honest with you, I can't uh, say that I know a lot of those companies. I do know a handful of the ones that you mentioned, and we do quite a bit of business with them. But you know. The, Every single engine, every single business is trying to do their own thing. And I feel like certain companies have their niche, certain companies have their edge. And what's really most important is how much traffic are you going to be able to generate for your advertisers? What type of conversions are you going to be able to get for your advertisers? How much inventory do you have out there for those advertisers? And then on the flip side of that, for the publishers that are looking to monetize on, on, your, on your feeds or on your, on your technology, how much, can, how much return can they, they, they bring in? What kind, of, what kind of money are they going to make from implementing your feed into their sites? And, and that's really what's the most important. And, and I've always been you know, someone who says, hey, listen, check them all out. See which one works for you. Um, you know, I don't want to knock anybody before uh, you know, if, I don't, if I haven't heard of them. You go, go check them out. So, so there, there's, there's a lot of competition, and you must have carved out some niches. What, what are some of, some of the companies that you do re, a really good job for, where you can get some scale at good prices? Are there, are there any particular kinds of businesses that are really in your sweet spot based on the sites that you have aggregated? Yeah, you know, we do, we do very well from the last my advertising department tells me, is we're doing very well in the entertainment space, the financial space, um, casino space. Um, and sports-related space. So there, those are just a few of the categories that I know that the Phenology does pretty well with. And obviously it has to do with probably our publisher network that we're bringing in traffic from and selling to those advertisers. And, you know, just real quick to make a, make a comment on the brand play, when you, when you said you, you're not sure if you buy it, I'm telling well, you with no, our I buy it. I just think it's a tough sell. I understand it rationally, intellectually, I know that whenever my name, you know, whenever my name appears on a page and it's relevant to a customer, that is good for me. I'm just, I just know that it's probably still hard for you to sell anything but performance-based pieces of the business. Like it seems like marketers are, in a way, kind of getting a free ride on the branding stuff still. You know, it's funny. I I I disagree a little bit. Oh, I think please things do. are starting yeah. to turn. I mean, things are definitely. We've seen we've seen in our is. business. <laughs> We've seen in our business a lot more companies coming in for the branding play, not worried so much about conversions. What, what the other gentleman said about you know, getting a phone call later or, or getting somebody coming into a store later is, is very, very true. And there's a lot of companies now coming out, I'm not sure exactly some of the names of them, that are starting to track somebody's phone call. Because when you have an 800 number on that site, a lot of people don't track that as a, as a sale. They only track the Internet sales. And that return on investment is a little bit skewed when they, come, when they come online and they're paying for performance as far as actually getting a conversion. I understand. That, I love that, that, that marketers are getting the tools to do the tracking to give the credit where the credit is due, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Now I have a question for you. I don't know. This is, this is a quickly tiring subject for me, but it seems like whenever you're talking about search, You've got to talk about click fraud, and one of the things that you talk about on your site is that your fraud, you have this industry-leading fraud protection that prevents your customers from being charged for unqualified traffic. Is this a non-issue and you don't want to talk about it, or, do, or is this something you think is addressable? I mean, I think it's a huge issue. It's, okay, it's, an, it's an issue that you know, is very hot right now, and it's, uh, it's an issue that we've addressed, um, and we've, had, we've addressed for quite a while. And uh, at this AdTech show, we're actually going to be unveiling a new product called Fraud ID that is going to be available to the regular advertisers and agencies that aren't working directly within our network. So the, the technology that we've developed and we've, we've established and we've worked with for the last few years is now going to be available for everybody else. And fraud is big. It's, it's, a, it's a concern of people. And obviously, if you're still making a decent return on your, on your ad spend, you know, but then you realize, hey, there's 20% of traffic that's coming through or 10% of traffic that's coming through that's actually non-human traffic, yeah. well, then your margin can go up. And a lot of people are starting to pay attention to that. Obviously, there's been a lot going on, a lot being said about that, from the top players down to the, down to the small players. Um, it's, a big, it's a big issue. Now, I'm sure that your sales team calls on all of the search marketing agencies, right? 
Yeah, we, we work with agencies. We work with direct advertisers, direct marketers. Who are some of the search agencies that you work with that you think really have a good reputation and are, you know, really on top of things? As far as, as, far as what is concerned specifically? Just um, agencies you think really get it or go in deep in search, understand how to work with companies like Findology, aren't just, you know, buying a few Google AdWords, that kind of thing. You know, there's a lot of them out there. The majority of the business that we do is direct with direct with uh, with advertisers. I mean, some of our larger advertisers that we work with are Netflix and and uh, Target.com. Um, you know, there are the, the the there are the L3s and the and the, the the search agencies that are out there that we do a little bit of business with, but. Primarily, that's what's happening. A lot of these agencies are only taking their, their clients to some of the top-tier engines, like the Googles, the Overtures, now maybe the MSNs, and they're starting to see now that there are a lot more opportunities in the, in the search space for the, for the other companies that can actually enhance those campaigns. And what is the typical cost per click or cost per acquired customer that you're getting across a range of the companies that you work with? That, that's an that's a interesting question, and honestly, I don't have the specific answer to that. Um, you know, Diana Tai, who's our director of advertising, um, probably would have that answer a lot easier for you. But, um, you know, the, the pay-per-click ranges. I mean, we're definitely at least around four to five times cheaper than some of the top two engines. But, um, you know, we're very competitive with those rates, and you know, at the same time, we still have some highly competitive rates for our publishers when they pull our listings. Got it. Well, you've made it much. This whole you've made this whole category much more clear to me. And um, I, I've always heard really good things about you, John. Uh, I, you know, you have a good reputation in the industry, which is great. So I was glad to get you on here and uh, willing to make myself a fool if I needed to to figure it out. And <laughs> <laughs> you get use it me. Right. You I use appreciate me. that. Appreciate all the explanations. Um, so you're going to be at AdTech San Francisco. You have a booth there, and you're at Findology.com, so people can get to you there. Yeah, and just to, just to well. let people just to let people know. I mean, Findology.com in the next 30 days is going to go through some major, major changes. Like I said, we're changing the name of Findology, Findology Interactive Media. At the show, we will be launching four new products. One of which I said was the Fraud ID, which yeah. is very, very hot right now. And um, we will be at the show. We'll be at a lot of places. Um, and we're looking forward to seeing everybody that's listening. Awesome. We're looking forward to seeing you too, John. Thank you so much for the time that you spent today letting us know about your business. Congratulations on your success, and congratulations to your engineering team for cranking some good stuff out. Definitely. Thank <laughs> you very much. Give them a little shout-out, right? They're the, un- un- the unsung heroes of our business, aren't they? <laughs> that's great. Well, you have a wonderful day. We'll see you in San Francisco in, on April 26th, 27th, and 28th. And thanks for coming on the show. Thanks a lot. All right. Next up, we have Jason Palmer, the Vice President of Products, speaking of the guys that make the stuff happen, uh, talking to us from Web Trends. Stay tuned, and we'll be back in a moment. Sit tight and don't move. Ad Tech Connect. We'll be right back. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. You're brilliant. Brilliant. At creating innovative ideas. Ideas. Building brand value and increasing customer loyalty. But when it comes to measuring, testing, and optimizing every online interaction, you need help. In the fast-changing new world of marketing, the web is where it's happening. Where it's happening. 
That's why a powerful online marketing performance management solution is the next major evolution for web trends and for you. Web trends. Web Trends Marketing Lab. You bring the art, we'll deliver the science. Learn more now at webtrends.com. Now, back to AdTech Connect, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hello, listeners. It's Susan Bratton back today with Jason Palmer, Vice President of Products for Web Trends Incorporated. Hi, Jason. Hi, Susan. How are you? Good. I, I have to say, I've, I've been digging into web trends, trying to get my hands around it. Um, okay. Very impressed with a couple things. Number one, it seems like you have just an unbelievable suite of products for marketers. Um, anybody who thinks that web trends is uh, you know click-tracking web analytics company has completely underestimated you and your group. And um, I'm really impressed with some of the market research and the data that you're, that you're putting out. So I wanted to talk to you today a little bit about um, your marketing lab specifically, because, you know, this is a show for digital marketers. Um, so I want to talk about that, and then I want to get to a little bit around just the first-party cookie data, where we stand with that, something, some of the stuff about your um, CMO survey, and I hope we can get all that done in the short time we have together. So I've got lots of stuff to talk to you about. So thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, the Marketing Lab. Uh, do you want to give our listeners a little update on what that is? Because that, that's really a, that's a two-week-old announcement. I mean, this is brand-new stuff you've got out in the marketplace. Sure. We, we're excited about the launch of the Marketing Lab. And really what we've brought to market now is a whole suite of products that we'll be continuing to build on uh, in the coming months as we release additional modules uh, focused at digital marketers over the coming months. Uh, but really what we wanted to bring forth was the new concept of a marketing lab platform. So it's not only just uh, focused on web analytics, but it's centered on building relationships with your consumers, which is what digital marketing is all about. And so you have um, Web Trends Analytics 8, which is kind of your, your core business, right? Let's right. see what's happening and get smart about decision-making around my site. Right, right. And that's, really, I mean, that's, that's our flagship product yep. um, that we've, we've uh, 10 years in business that we've, we've focused on. Uh, but we've introduced a new product uh, called the Marketing Warehouse. Yeah. And that's really where, you know, as we, you talked about earlier in the show, is we focus on uh, really building those relationships with visitors and, and creating targeted lists and targeting our communication uh, with our consumers, that's really where the marketing warehouse comes into play. And, and that is a big CR, that, that's a big old database full of all your customers' records, their profiles. It's, it's a CRM solution, correct? Right. It's really, really in designed to be the foundation that's really going to fuel relationship marketing. And so as you start to understand the intent of what your visitor behaviors are on the website, that you can leverage that information for better targeting of information to your consumers. So I can not just only tell what people are doing within a single visit, but really what's the lifetime of that customer and what are they doing over the life of, that, of their uh, interaction with your company. And, and, did it, and like you said, interaction with your company. It's, not, it's no longer for web trends just about the short time that a customer or a prospect is on my website you're starting to pull into the, the analytics, what's happening with my direct mail, my, my email, um, what's happening with my ad campaigns, what's happening with my search marketing, what's happening with the merchandising on my site. Are, is that right? You've got all that stuff now feeding into the mix of the analytics? Correct, and we've, and we've we've built that into a platform that you can leverage and integrate with other systems. So we'll be announcing a series of partnerships so that we're bringing offline data, online data, and combining that information so the web truly is this central hub for marketers. And we talked a little bit about the CMO survey. One of the things that we, we found as part of the CMO survey is that uh, more than 65% of, of the CMOs that we surveyed said that the web was the central hub for their activities that they had with their consumers. And I think the other thing that that survey said was that it's the central hub, but that organizations aren't feeling ready, that they're, not, that they, they're grading themselves on average a 6.3 on a 
scale of one to ten and rating their staff <laughs> even <Right>. lower <laughs> at five point five. Well, I think a lot what it is is there's so much opportunity to leverage that information to improve your relationships with your consumers. It's no longer about just sending out broadcast emails to your cons- your install base of consumers every two weeks. It's really about more targeted communication with those consumers so that you're building that strong relationship. And there's so much great data that you can glean off the website, but now we're really getting to the point where marketers are ready and leveraging that information uh, for their marketing activities. So give me an example of one of your early customers. You don't have to name names, but tell me, tell our listeners the story about how a company is rolling up their data, and maybe I hope you're privy to some stories about how that's become actionable. Sure. So let's walk through uh, a travel example. So one of the ways that that a customer leverages this information is, so we talked about uh, search, for example. Search is one of the, you know, the growing and big channels that we all leverage to drive traffic to the website. But it's a, it gives you great understanding of the intent of what a consumer is looking for. So somebody searches for a cruise from Miami and comes through to your website, does a search on cruises from Miami, might come back two days later and search for seven-day cruises. And they also search for flights coming from New York on a subsequent visit. So I might visit the site two or three times as I'm doing my research. And it's important to pick up those data points because then that allows me to start. I can, I can direct a targeted offer at that consumer that says, I know that you're interested in seven-day cruises from Miami and you're looking for airfare from New York. And now I can send a very targeted communication to that consumer. And that, that's the type of thing that the marketing warehouse is designed to fuel. So you, you as a company are really creeping out from the web analytics circle of friends, the, the core metrics and the omnitures of the world, and, and moving into the space of Siebel and others. Is that correct? Well, I think what, what we're finding is we're mo- web analytics, uh, as we see it, we're moving into a broader category that w- marketing performance management. And as we look at marketing performance management, that's really looking at how do you leverage online marketing data to be able to drive targeted communications with your consumers. And it doesn't end at just the initial transaction. You need to be able to look at the lifetime of that visitor and what their, what their important behavioral attributes are and, that, and use that for targeting. And so marketing performance management, it, is this something that um, – Web Trends coined, is this something that is an industry standard concept? Where, where are we with all that? Yeah, it's really a, um, it's not something that Web Trends really coined. It's something that uh, is a growing industry term. Mm-hmm. And so it's being you know, put forth by IDC, uh, by the CMO Council, as really uh, marketing performance management as you look at not just your online campaigns, but your offline activities as well. And how do you, how do you manage all those activities together? And tell us about the CMO Council. Well, the CMO Council is um, a council that's run by um, the IDC organization. And is it a consortium of marketers? Yeah, it's a consortium. Of, it's a consortium of mar- marketers. You can you can see more information on it at CM, cmocouncil.org. Okay, uh, great. And so, is that the kind of thing where um, listeners might be able to join that organization? Yes. Yes. Okay. And they have they have a number of conferences that you can they can attend as well. Okay, and are they um, primarily involved with marketing performance management, or are they wider than that? They're primarily in, involved in marketing performance management. It's really uh, marketing activities. Mm-hmm. You know, as as you look at all your uh, all your marketing activities. One of the things that's been um, an outflow, um, primarily Procter and Gamble. So so last year, in July of 2005, one of the keynotes we had was Ted McConnell, who runs Interactive Innovation for Procter & Gamble. And in his keynote, he made a call to the industry to begin to measure engagement rather than just single clicks. It strikes me that with the kind of work you're doing in your marketing lab, the data that you're collecting and analyzing, that you are beginning to look at engagement, right? So just in the example that you used where you said, um, 
you know, there's a person who's looking at a Miami cruise, and then they start to look at airfare from New York, and, you know, that, that's clearly an, a more engaged person. Do you have any opinions or answers around what web trends can do to better quantify engagement, or do you feel like you're starting to do that, or where are you in that? Yeah, I think as we look at uh, the marketplace and we see more and more of uh, online activities being driven not just by retailers but by branding companies and other advertisers on the web, what we're starting to see is new measurements become much, much more popular. So things like frequency of visit, that's understanding how many times did somebody come back to my website during a period of time. Are they coming direct to my website or are they going through an advertising channel? So that gives you a concept of how your branding is actually working over time. So if somebody is comes from an advertisement from a, or a, a search engine and then the next visit they come to my site and they actually type in the URL and come direct to the site, that's a great indication of the brand influence that I've had from those marketing activities. Other things like depth of visit and time on, time spent on site are other great measurements of, of campaign performance. Depth of visit and time spent on site. Okay. Sure. What about getting beyond time spent on site? Since you're rolling up all this data, is there a way that web trends could be positioned to roll up time spent with brand through marketing effort. Right. And so one of the things that, that we feel is important is you look at brand advertising is understanding if you're looking at, um, you're familiar with you know TV advertising where you look at things like gross rating points. Yep. And that's really looking at the frequency at which you target a visitor over a period of time, how many times they're coming back to your site, how much time they're spending with you, and rolling that up into a metric that allows you to, to gauge brand influence over a 30-day period, for example. That, can you tell, can talk more about that, Jason? Sure. That's a very interesting point you just made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, essentially um, what we start to look at is as the industry starts to evolve and develop more metrics for online spend, how does that compare to metrics that, maybe del- that have been traditional in the industry? If you look at gross rating points, it's been around for 50 years. Yeah. And it's a combination of a couple of different things that start to give you an idea of what your brand influence over time. If you look at gross rating points, it's a gauge of how many unique people did you contact through those marketing activities for a defined period of time, like 30 days. So how many unique people did you contact? What was the frequency with which they had an influence or interaction with your company? And what I think is is a unique benefit for uh, the online marketplace is we can tell how long they interacted on our site. So rather than just looking at a 30-second television commercial, we actually have the influence of being able to say, not only did they get this frequency and this many unique people in your target audience, but also they spent, on average, you know, 17 minutes uh, interacting with your brand. And I think that's 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 one of the critical measures that we'll be able that we're able to provide um, that you're not able to get from TV. I think one of the things that we have to do is get over the hump of. Um, the value of time spent, not just measuring time spent, but understanding right. that for every incremental percentage of time that a consumer spends with you, they are more likely to spend X amount of dollars on your products or services. Right, but, and I think that's where you start to look at that metric in combination with um, conversion events that you're tracking on your website, whether that's leads generated, purchases completed. Uh, those are the types of things that's it's important to understand time spent plus plus that, Absolutely. Now, one of the things that's inherent in being able to collect and um, use all of this data is um, that I think one of the big advantages and disadvantages, I mean, it takes you a longer time to sell your products into businesses, but but it is that you have a hosted version, I believe, but really you're an enterprise-level installed capability, right? Correct. And and because of that... um, once you get into a customer, you're in pretty deep with them, which is awesome. And and the benefit to the marketer in doing that is this first-party cookie data collection. Do you want to talk a little bit about first versus third-party and kind of what's, what's happening in the marketing world with data collection around that? Sure. So there's a, there's a couple of things at play. There's, there's two important um, aspects to understand. One is there's cookie rejection, and then there's cookie deletion. And cookie rejection is what you hear many times uh, people talk about. So depending on what your browser settings are, but more importantly what we're seeing is the the prolification of spyware vendors who actually are are blocking 
third-party cookies from analytics vendors, it significantly degrades your statistics. Our study showed um, that it was, on average, over 20% of visitors were rejecting cookies. And a lot of times, the visitors who are rejecting cookies don't even know that they're rejecting those cookies. If I, for example, run a spyware uh, application one time on my machine to clean uh, to clean maybe a spyware uh, application that got on my machine, that spyware application will actually list a set of cookies that it blocked that your browser blocks from that point forward. And it's that type of um, activity that's causing web analytics vendors third-party cookies to be um, less and less accurate. So we've had a big initiative underway for over a year and a half now to migrate all of our customers over to, a first, to their first-party cookies. So if your site's using a cookie already, we'll just piggyback off that cookie and use uh, the cookie that you're already setting. And if you do that, it really eliminates the impact that, that these spyware applications are having on uh, the rejection of cookie, and that's what that really is what prevents the cookie from being written to the machine to to uh, the visitor's computer. Did you say that last part again? I got slightly confused. So what happens is, um, in order to be able to track visitors over time, yeah. so people coming back to the site, how many repeat visitors you're getting, we rely on being able to identify that visitor on a subsequent visit, and we do that from just an anonymous ID that's written to a cookie on their computer. Okay. And all, all web analytics vendors rely on, on um, that to be able to tell return visitors. Yep. If you're using a first-party cookie, or we're using the cookie that the site is already setting, and a lot of times that's so we can, you can remember your, the site remembers your password information or uh, it remembers um, yes, exactly. your shopping cart information, yeah. all, the, uh -huh. all, the, all that usually sites. Most, most enterprise-level sites have a cookie that they're already setting to a visitor's machine for that purpose, and it just has, it has an ID in it. Well, they'll pass that ID up to us as the web analytics vendor, and we'll use that same ID to identify the customer to determine return and repeat visits. Got it. Okay. I, I understand that. You're camping on to what they are already doing anyway. Yeah, what was right. already there anyway. Good. Well, I've, I've learned a lot. I know that our listeners have, and uh, you're very eloquent at explaining what is a very complex process. I I think that uh, it's, a, it's a little daunting for marketers to be the, you know, we started it out as creative people, and now we got to do all this data stuff, and thank right. goodness for you creating those great products to help us. <laughs> So, uh, Jason, thank you for coming on today. I, I just, uh, I'm so impressed with web, web Trends as I've gotten to know your company as a partner of ours through the AdTech Impact 10 City Tour. I've uh, gotten to listen to some of the presentations from your various exec executives. I've had a chance to learn all about all of your different market research on your site, and you really provide a wealth of information for marketers above and beyond just what you're doing, and, and the work you're doing is amazing, just amazing. So, Thank you very much for your time today. I, I appreciate you giving back some, some energy to us. All right. Thank you, Susan. That's great. All right. Have a good day. And I'm going to sign too. off and let all of you listeners get back to work or maybe go to lunch. Um, thanks for tuning in today. This is Susan Bratton. I'm the chair of AdTech, and you've been listening to AdTech Connect, part of webmasterradio.fm. Have a great day.